the volume. Back, 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 back on another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. I'm your host, Alex Monaco, coming to you on a Friday on the road, fresh off of a volume sports team dinner. Shout out to Brahms, Fabio, James, and the whole squad, Connor, everybody. Look, we took a brutal, brutal lock of the day loss on Wednesday. I got no way but to bounce back on a Friday. So what did we do? We went out and got a professional athlete times two as a special guest on the pod. My buddy, Dalton Crossan, one of only a handful of lads that have played professional NFL football at the running back position and then moved into the PLL, the Premier Lacrosse League. I talked with Dalton. He was a Colt. He was a Buck. It's a great conversation. Gives you a little bit of an inside the huddle glimpse into what goes on in the locker room in the NFL. We talk a little bit of next year's NFL and he gives us a prediction on the NBA Finals. But let's get into it before we get to the interview. Lock of the day. I don't know how else I can Scotty Van Bad Beat say it. We lost the freaking under. The Scuba Steve under with five seconds left. When Giannis was at the free throw line and hit those two free throws, that was the over. I can't believe it. 226.5. I thought it was a sharp play. I was incorrect. Not only watch the under screw us, the Bucks lose to the Hawks. Their first home game loss of the season. So I would be remiss if I didn't fire at a Friday Family Fun Center discount. I am buying right now. I am. The Bucks to win the series at minus 196 on FanDuel. It's my lock of the day before the interview. Let's get into the game one deets. Here's what's not going to happen again. Trey Young was two points removed. Two. He had 48 off his career high. All right? unbelievable performance. Guys throwing double tap Y alley-oops off the freaking backboard. But here's what's not going to happen, all right? Clint Capella's not going to get 19 rebounds and outboard every single person in the freaking room. If you eliminate Trey Young's 48, bring him back down to earth, let's say he gets 35, the rest of the stat line, Collins at 23, which was nice, but Herter gave you 13, Gallinari only gave you 9, and Bogdanovich is hurting with a sore knee, only at 4. So if I'm saying to myself this, you look at Malcolm in the Middleton, 6 of 23, 0 of 9 from 3. He was minus 13 on the court in game 1. I don't see that happening again. What I did love is that Giannis was 34-12-9, and nine, one Danny Dime away from a triple-double. And Drew never takes a holiday, 33 points, 10 assists. That is encouraging. And the game really came down to Middleton missing a potential game tie and three-pointer in the closing seconds. And you're not supposed to give the rock to the man who doesn't have the hot hand. 
But I'm banking on history. Never before had the Hawks won an Eastern Conference Finals game since moving to Atlanta in 1968. The Hawks went to the Finals in 2015, but they were swept by Cleveland. Look, people, the Bucs are winning this series. I know you can say to yourself, the athleticism was evident. They're too young. They're too naive to get out of their own successful way. No. I'm sorry. This is a team in the Bucks that has started slow in multiple series before and bounced back on the beer pong table beautifully. We're getting minus 196. It was their first postseason loss at the four of the new Bucks facility. They're 11 and three there all time. So say to yourself out loud this three games left in the Bucks arena, three games left in Atlanta. It may go seven. It very well may go seven. But I am going stubborn as an old man with it. I'm taking the Bucks. Look, Pella is not going to get 19 rebounds. You look at second chance points in game one. Obviously, Atlanta was the benefit to it. I think it's a discount. Minus 196? I mean, honestly... I was on the Hawks plus eight in all fairness on the Action Network. It's a game one, feel it out. What happens if the Bucks blow out the Hawks on Friday? Tonight, your whole thinking goes the other way. Look, I'm banking on history. I'm banking on the team that deserves to be here, is here, and goes the Seabiscuit distance. Give me the Bucks. Minus 196. It's my only pick for the pod before the interview. Lock of the day. See you on the other side. Give me Milwaukee. All right. Enjoy my interview with my man Dalton Crossan. He was a running back just a cup of coffee ago for the Bucks, for the Colts. He was in an all-time running back room with Frank Gore, Turbin, and Marlon Mack. Can't wait for you to hear that. Also, playing in the PLL Premier Lacrosse League for the chaos. I am all kinds of fired up for you guys to hop in and enjoy this interview with my man, Dalton. Moneyline Monaco is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free, no deposit required. With a free entry to an NBA contest. Plus, for those who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Why do you play on FanDuel? FanDuel Fantasy is an easy-to-use app. Different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level compete for top cash payouts, and compete against your friends in head-to-head matchups. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free, no deposit required, with a free entry to an NBA contest. And FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com forward slash cowherd to sign up today. That is fanduel.com forward slash cowherd so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win. 
What's God? So, you're a sports fan. That's why you're listening, baby. But if you're considering getting in on the fun of sports gambling, I want to let you know about a great resource, the Action Network. And I'm all over it, like Revis Island. I'm literally 196 and 145. I'm batting 57% over 300 bets on this app. I have nothing but great things to say about it. The Action Network is where fans go when they're ready to bet smarter and turn a profit betting on sports. In fact, their free Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. With the Action app, you can see the latest picks and articles from Action Network gambling experts, as well as personalities like Colin Cowherd, compare odds from different sports books, and track every bet you make so you always know how your picks are doing. So, if the game means more to you, download the free Action Network app and start betting smarter. And feel free to hit me up, because I'll go toe-to-toe with you, baby, any day, any moment, on any sport. Let's go! All right, I'm chilling here with a good friend and a special guest of the podcast, the one and only Dalton Cross and Dalton. Literally, one of I don't know how many that have been in the NFL and now playing in the PLL, the Premier Lacrosse League. Thank you so much for joining me, man. How are we doing? We're doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Glad to be back. Absolutely. So we've jammed on the pod before. I'm very excited for you. You are on the chaos in the PLL, traveling around the country right now, playing playing professional lacrosse. Talk to me a little bit about the experience real quick, and, and then we'll dive into kind of the X's and O's of just the benefit of being an NFL running back playing in the PLL. It's been uh, it's been awesome, dude. I mean, I haven't uh, you know I, I grew up playing lacrosse and football um, on Long Island. Uh, you know, I, I always compare it to Texas football, Long Island lacrosse. It's huge. Um, you know, it's it's probably the biggest sport on, on Long Island. And um, you know, I haven't played in eleven years uh, since I was a junior in high school, actually, where I was I was one of the the you know higher recruited players in the country coming out of high school for lacrosse, but obviously chose to go play football. Um, did a couple years in the NFL, but it's uh, it's fantastic to be back playing lacrosse. You know, I, I definitely missed it, and um, you know, I'm enjoying the challenge of uh, of playing, you know, with and against the best players in the world in the PLL. So one of the things that I find fascinating, and you were at the running back position, and you broke it down to me before, but if you don't mind going back into it, when you're and you played, by the way, Dalton was on the Colts and the Bucks. When you're in a running back lacrosse room and it comes to film, like you're obviously able to utilize juke moves in lacrosse that you've benefited from on the football field. But when you're watching film and you're playing basically the sport of football and and obviously it comes down to creating separation in the NFL and matchups in a lot of ways. Talk to me about the similarities and the differences between the running back position and creating separation? Because I've watched your your practice tape in the NFL. It's incredible. Talk to me about just some of the benefits of being able to ball out the running back position and how you utilize your skill set in professional lacrosse. Yeah, I would say there's definitely a lot of similarities um, and, and some differences, which I'll get into in a second. But uh, the, the similarities just, um, you know, when I was playing running back uh, in the NFL and in college, uh, I was I was – definitely more of like a third down back scat back kind of you know player who would catch the ball out of the backfield run a lot of routes um you know one-on-ones with linebackers and and creating those matchups uh whether it was from the backfield or from the slot um 
but just those moves, those one-on-one moves to create separation, you know, whether I'm the footwork and the leaning your body one way and, and trying to get the defender to bite one way and, and break in real quick, you know, with the change of direction the other way, it's, uh, it's very similar in terms of playing offense in lacrosse, right? Where, where I'm trying to get away from the defender, create separation, you know, get time and room, free my hands up to be able to, you know, either draw a slide uh, in lacrosse and, and find the open guy. Or if, if nobody slides or they slide too late, obviously that's when a shot comes. Uh, but so those are the similarities. The, uh, the differences are kind of more, uh, you know, what stand out um, now, which I've kind of realized that, you know, in us being three games into the, the, professional lacrosse season that I'm playing in and having gone through training camp, um, I'm playing more of a defensive midi, a short stick D midi role in the PLL. And not only have I haven't played lacrosse in uh, 11 years, but I also haven't played defense at all in any sport, even in football since my, my senior year of high school, really when I, when I played defensive back, but obviously I played all offense in college, all offense in the pros. Yeah. Um, so just like, I mean, sliding your feet, backpedaling, you know, shuffling, reacting to somebody other, rather than them reacting to you, um, is, is definitely, you know, a, a little bit of a difference. I feel like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a good enough athlete where I'm kind of figuring it out and, and getting used to it again very quickly. Um, but I would say that's probably the, uh, the main difference. And, and, uh, another difference I would say is just the, the type of shape, you know, my body's so used to running really really fast for you know three to five seconds uh, on a football play and then you get a break you go back to the huddle you know you regroup um in lacrosse you know it's kind of up and down the field constant non-stop you know more like soccer where these guys just don't stop running um so so i would say those two things are are the bigger differences but knowing that and having known that for you know the past year as i've been training it's allowed me to obviously you know focus my training on, on those specific aspects and be able to uh you know, really, really focused there and kind of, you know, I'm getting much better at, at both of those things and feeling a lot more comfortable as well. I love it. And one thing that you kind of took me into the huddle with, and if you don't mind going back, just how competitive earning a spot on a team is. And, and if you don't mind refreshing my memory on the Colts, I remember you saying it was such a competitive running back room and it was really a special running back room you were in. Talk to me a little bit about the experience with the Colts and that process of not being a top draft pick, but being a guy looking to make the team and finding any capitalizing on any, any way you can basically to make a a 53 man roster. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, you know, the NFL, especially, but any professional sport where you're playing with the best players in the world, you know, it's going to be ultra, ultra competitive and, and hard to, not only get there, but it, you know, it's, it's the easy part is getting there, which obviously isn't easy. And the harder part is sticking around, um, especially in, in the NFL where, you know, people joke and say NFL stands for not for long. Um, but yeah, I was in a, a running back room. I came in as an undrafted free agent and we had, uh, Frank Gore, obviously one of the best running backs of all time. And, uh, Robert Turbin was, was another guy who was kind of established and had been in the league for some years. Um, and then, uh, another rookie that came in along with me, who was, I believe drafted in the fourth round was Marlon Mack, who obviously has, has done pretty well over his first couple years in the league and and has made a name for himself. Um, and then I was really competing with like one or two other guys to kind of, you know, cause those three were for sure going to make the roster and, you know, Robert Turbin and Frank Gore are established. Marlon was a fourth round pick. Um, so, so there was really, you know, two or three other guys that I was competing for, uh, you know, that fourth running back spot with, and going to be a special teams guy, a third down back. Um, and kind of fill that role. 
Um, it's a crazy running back room, dude. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. And learning from a guy like Frank, you know, I was sat right next to him in meetings and, and saw what he did, uh, you know, out at practice beforehand and during practice and how he worked and how he prepared his body um, and all that stuff. So that was invaluable, you know, being around him for a full year. Um, but yeah, man, just in terms of the, the competitive side of it, I just remember in training camp, uh, not running back room specific, but uh, but just seeing, you know, guys are gone every day. You, you, you walk into the locker room, the locker next to you is, is gone. You know, the, uh, the, the names off the top and, and the equipment's out of the locker. And it's just like, like that kind of, you know, makes you realize how real it is and how, you know, if you get hurt or if you're not out there or you're not performing, it's, you know, it's next man up. If, if you're not a high draft pick and they have some money invested in you. Um, so unfortunately for me, I wound up getting hurt, uh, you know, which ended my time in Indy, um, in 2017 that was, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, that's part of the game. Obviously, injuries are, are a huge part of football. Um, and you got to stay healthy for long enough to be able to, you know, prove yourself on the field, uh, which unfortunately I didn't get to do in, uh, in Indy. So. And continuity is such a, an under, underrated word in the world for, for a casual fan watching. And we know, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but the last team to go back-to-back in the Super Bowl has been the Patriots. We're talking early 00s. You saw it again with your other team that you played for, the Bucks. Uh, one of the teams, though, I'm looking at to have a nice bounce back year and begin continuity is your old t- old team, the Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz comes in, obviously went to the Super Bowl, got hurt, of course, full stepped in the year Frank Reich was there. What do you feel about this Colts team? Do you see a nice bounce back for Wentz? Do you see him getting into basically the almost MVP type season role closer than where he was, where he was sacked more than anyone else in the NFL when he played for Philly? Um, I mean, it's so hard to say, obviously, you know, whether or not he's going to be in that MVP conversation and, and kind of get back to the way he's played. But I think he's in a great situation to do it. Um, you know, I think he's a great player. Obviously, I think him being back with Frank Reich, I think is big. Um, I think they have a great, great team and, and pieces around him in Indy. And I truly think that Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, who's the guy who brought me in, um, I think that he's one of, if not the best uh, GMs in the league and has done some amazing things throughout the, like the draft process and, uh, and, you know, free agent signings. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think Indy has a chance to be really good. I think Carson Wentz has a chance to be, you know, in that MVP conversation at least and, and play really well and make some playoff runs. Um, but yeah, uh, again, uh, I, I can't say for sure, but I think it's definitely a possibility. And Ballard, a good friend of Collins. I know he's had him on the podcast here on the volume sports. Anything you could tell us that's unique about Chris and his player evaluation or just one-on-one with him and how he assesses players? Because obviously, to your point, he's done a tremendous job with the staff and the personnel in Indian and really almost redefined the squad several years. And not many can lose a guy like Andrew Luck in the middle of his prime, come back and immediately fill in a Rivers and a Jacoby Brissett. And, and now you have another franchise quarterback in Wentz. Anything you could tell us inside the huddle that's interesting about Ballard's process? I mean, he brought me in, right? So he must be one of the... Hey, there it is. <laughs> um, but no, in, uh, in, he, he's just... Uh, and I can't really give you like much on that. Uh, like I, I mean, obviously I spent a year around him, but around him, right? I wasn't obviously interacting with him on a regular basis or you know, the GM and the management kind of stays separate from the players in the day-to-day football operations. Um, 
But I knew that, uh, and just by, you know, watching from afar, uh, even after I left there, um, you know, it's not only just the marquee names that he brings in, and it's not, you know, signing Rivers and, and you know, bringing in the, the trade for Brissett or, you know, the, the big-time, prime-time, all, you know, uh, all-star type players. It's more just like how he builds, um, and I think he builds from the inside out and he starts off like the offensive and defensive lines and he kind of, you know, and then he makes sure to get those, the linebackers and the safeties and the guys who, who aren't going to be, you know, on sports center every day, but it's the guys that really, really are like the nucleus and, and make that team go. And it's not just the, like them being great players. It's them, you know, their work ethics, their, uh, their family life, that they're good people, that they're leaders, you know, all, all that stuff I think really, really starts in terms of building from the inside out where if you don't have that good culture, um, you know, and, and you have to build that, right. It's not like, Oh, I'm going to come in and I'm just going to start signing, you know, the, the, the best wide receiver in the league and then go pay a bunch of money for a great quarterback and go pay a bunch of money for the best. You know, it, you kind of got to like start and build through the draft. I think, which he did, I believe in his first, second, third year, one of those years, he had Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard were his first, and, his first and second round draft picks, both all pros, not just pro bowlers, but all pros their rookie year. Um, so, you know, having two guys like that, uh, and I think he took Quentin Nelson with like the fourth or the fifth pick, right? Like something super, super early where teams do that. But, you know, the fan, those are always the ones that the fans boo because, you know, Quentin Nelson, he's a, he's a guard, right? And it's, he's not a big name. He's not, he's not, uh, you know, the, uh, the Heisman finalist from the year before. So teams like to see those sexy picks and those, uh, and those, you know, marquee players. Uh, but I, I think Ballard does a great job with, uh, building from, you know, from the inside out and, and really building like a culture first before he starts putting those star players in place. And talk, just touching on culture, moving over to your time at Tampa Bay, the Glazer family from, from what we've, we've learned, obviously coming off a of Super Bowl here, phenomenal ownership, phenomenal family business, top to bottom, your time at the Bucks and, and then taking it back to last year, just because you know the game better than the casual person watching by a lot what did you or when did you know that Tommy Tampa had this Bucks team all in and then just as a player when do you know in a 16 now 17 week season when guys buy in and are willing to go above and beyond for a W and put the put their I guess personal you know achievements aside for the greater good of, of winning for the team. I mean, I think that you knew it was possible the second they signed Tom, just because you know what kind of guy Tom is and you know what culture and work ethic he brings. Um, and not only that, but like I, I remember talking to a few of my buddies who still play in Tampa after they signed him, and everybody was just kind of like, you know, immediately bought into the fact that they could possibly win a Super Bowl when they didn't, you know, they, they believed it before he was there. But I don't think it was even close to the same level of belief that they had after they signed Tom, just because he's won six, right? Now it's seven, is it? Yeah, so, so, he, so he had won six in New England. They knew he was a winner. They knew he's the best player of all time. They've seen what he's done. It's just like, you know, all of a sudden it's, you know, oh, we have Tom Brady. Oh, obviously, we can, we can win the Super Bowl, right? It's not saying that we're going to because obviously, no matter who you have, it's still very, very hard and you need the ball to, uh, you know, to bounce your way a lot in order to actually get it done. Um, I, I'm still shocked. Like, obviously, you know who Tom Brady is and you know what he's done. But he's still a 43-year-old who was coming into a brand new situation, brand new team, you know, a team that really hasn't been good in the past uh, however many years. Um, and just the fact that he was able to get that done and, and win the Super Bowl his first year there, I mean, I think he was cemented as the GOAT like well before this past season. 
But, I mean, if anybody argues that he's the best player of all time now or even, you know, in the top two or three best athletes or competitors of all time, I think you're just, I mean, you're just a hater. And I know Godwin's your boy. Uh, you told me, you've had some phenomenal predictions telling me he would have a breakout season before he had a breakout season. He did. You were in practice with him. You saw him play. But just the ability for Tom to get guys like him to come back, and I don't know if we've ever seen, I believe it's an NFL record to have all 22 starters come back that have won the Super Bowl before. How talk to me a little bit about Godwin, maybe an experience or two in practice that sticks out to you. Then also, how much do you think this team, if any, has a chance to do what Brady did with the Patriots and potentially go back to back? Uh, yeah, I mean, Chris was uh, was unbelievable, super, super, you know, nice dude, great dude, hardworking. Um, and I just remember, yeah, I remember talking to you after before he had what was it, 2018 was his breakout or 2019? Yeah, whatever it was, I was there in 2018. So right after that, just going through OTAs and training camp with him, man, he was unbelievable. I think that was he had just finished his rookie year, you know, which he played a little bit and he had you know whatever the number is, three four hundred yards and and made some catches, but obviously didn't have anywhere near um, you know a breakout year or what he's been having over the past couple of years. Um, but I just saw how good he was and how hard he worked um, in practice and some of the plays that he was making were just ridiculous. So I knew that he was going to be special, you know, uh, in the very near future. And obviously he's shown that he is. Um, but then in terms of, you know, Tampa kind of recreating a, a New England effect and, and maybe going back to back or, you know, a couple more years, um, I think it's 100 percent possible because I think they believe now and I think that they've seen that they can do it and, you know, Obviously, like I said before, it's gonna. There's a lot of luck involved as well. People staying healthy, you know. Sure. Um, think ball, the ball has to bounce your way a, a good amount to in order to to win the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tom's shown that he could do it still at this age. So in terms of like having a long dynasty, obviously not with Tom because again, I don't want to say the guy can't play for ten more years because who who knows at the end of the day maybe he does, but uh, you know I think he's got a couple more years, maybe maybe two or three. Um, but he's obviously not showing any signs of slowing down. So I think they got everybody back. They have all the pieces. They know that they can do it. They believe. Um, and obviously they're, they're very good and, and have built a culture, you know, I think mostly thanks to, to Tom coming in and, uh, and probably NBA Bruce Arians as well. And, and that coaching staff, I think has done a phenomenal job. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA Impact. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA InPlay turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcomes of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA InPlay, so the action is always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use, and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to, because NBA InPlay is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA InPlay today couple more questions for you, and then I'll get you out of here. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the NFL MVP with you for a second. Do you want to see Rodgers work it out, or would you love to see him on another team 
fired up with a whole fresh slate on on his way out here in his later 30s. I definitely want to see him on another team, I think. Just because, yeah, it would shake things up, obviously. Um, he's been the same place his, his entire career. I mean, I thought it was awesome seeing Tom go from New England to Tampa Bay. Like, it took a little bit, it's a, a little while for everyone to get used to seeing him in that red and white and black and, you know, just a different uniform, different helmet, different everything. Um, I think it would be really cool to see Rodgers do that and kind of go team up with some, you know, with some pieces. Obviously, he wouldn't just go somewhere that he didn't think has a chance to win. Right. So he would go somewhere. Um, you know, and again, I guess his, his contract's not up, right? So he would have to get traded. But I think he kind of has a lot of power, you know, in terms of where he would want to get traded. Uh, but I just think that he's out. He, you know, he, he has one foot out the door, and I, don't, I really don't think it can be reconciled. Um, you know, they can keep him if they want, but it, they would never win because he's not fully bought in. He doesn't like the situation he's in. He's offended, right? Now, whatever. So I'm wearing that shirt the other day on whatever show he was on. I'm yeah, offended. Um, but I just don't think that, that he's happy there. So I don't think that he would give it his all. I don't think that he, you know, it's just not a good locker room situation. And everybody on the team would be like, that's our best player. That's our leader. And he's not bought in. It's just not a winning formula. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I'd love to see him go somewhere else. And I think that he would, you know, still has some, some really good years left in him as well. Out of the AFC, if it's not going to be the chiefs representing the uh, AFC for the third time in a row, is there a world where the Cleveland Browns can make a run? I mean, you know, you know, better than most, the game is won and lost in the trenches. You bring in Clowney, they have still have Baker on his rookie deal. Talk to me about the Browns real quick. Do you think top to bottom, bottom to top, that could be actually one of the most talented rosters in the NFL? And and can they, with with Baker, go the distance? Um, I think they can. Yeah, again, like I think it's possible. I don't think it's likely. Um, I don't really see them, you know, beating the Chiefs. And I think there's a lot of other good teams in, in the uh, AFC. You got the Titans now, right? Didn't they just get Julio? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they have some pieces. Um, but yeah, the Browns for sure. I think they they were impressive last year. Um, made the playoffs. Did they win that first playoff game or did they lose? They did. Yeah, they won. Yeah, they won, uh, first then, game, yeah right? they won against the Chiefs. They were up there for a hot set. Yeah. No, I think I think that they definitely have a chance, and I think that Baker, you know, is a is a competitor and has that fire and has that chip on his shoulder. Obviously, um, you know, great player. I think they have the pieces. Obviously, Odell's coming back. You know, I've I've heard that he's healthy and and looking better than he than he ever has. Um, so it'll be interesting to see for sure. I, I think they can make a run. Now I'll get you out of here with this. We're, we're amidst the, the conference finals. We're down the final four Suns versus the Clippers bucks versus the Hawks. Are we going to see Chris state farm? Paul potentially be raising his first NBA championship. I know you're a basketball fan as well. Do, do you think it's the Suns championship to lose? Um, I th- I mean I would love to see the Suns win. I think it's awesome. I love Booker. I think what he's doing is incredible. He's uh he's playing so well down the stretch and uh, and obviously in the playoffs. Um, and then Chris Paul, do we know is he coming back next game? The game like with COVID? Yeah, this is being recorded two zero at the moment. Coming into Game Three here, and yeah, uh, he's supposed to be back. He's actually quarantined in L.A. as we speak. Wow. So yeah, I mean. The fact that they were able to win two without him, I think it's huge, obviously, for them and, and huge for momentum-wise. Um, but yeah, I think they I think they win in, in five against the Clippers, uh, most likely. Um, and then you got Bucks and... Bucks and Hawks. Hawks. I think the Bucks win that. I think it's Suns-Bucks. Yeah. Um, 
I think that's going to be a good series, you know. I, and I, I would, I would like to see the Suns win and see Chris Paul get, you know, get his first one, and you know, see Booker kind of take that next step as you know a superstar. He's always, you know, we've always known he can score, um, and we've always known he, he's been a good player. But we haven't obviously seen him, you know, make deep playoff runs or see what it's like when you know the the, the stage is the biggest and the lights are the brightest. So that would be awesome to see. Uh, but at the same time, I'd like to see Giannis get one too. I think he's you know a really great dude and and. Uh, you know, deserves one and um, has obviously been an MVP uh, caliber player and an MVP. So we'll uh, we'll see, but I, I think it'll be a good finals if, if we get those two, which I think it's going to be. I'll get you out of here with this. If you could see one NFL player lace it up in the PLL, who would you want to see? Well, you got me and Hogan, all right? So those are, <laughs> that's so, true. So that's those true. Are, those are the two, but I actually always kind of make this comparison. Uh, some of the guys, like just these absolute freak athletes, right, who are running four twos and four threes uh, with the lacrosse stick in their hands, like obviously having played lacrosse growing up and, and being skilled, because that's the thing about lacrosse, you know, a lot of these guys who play professional lacrosse are great athletes, but I think it's in general, generally speaking, it's more of a skill-based sport than it is, you know, a, a straight athletic, you know, uh, an athlete sport where you can be... Uh, not a phenomenal off the charts athlete and still be one of the best lacrosse players in the world. I I've seen it and you know, in training camp and throughout the season so far, you know, some of these guys, they're all great athletes, but they're not, you know, running four fours and four fives and big, strong, fast. But some of them are just so crafty with the stick and their lacrosse IQ and, you know, the way they can find people in terms of uh, dishing out assists and, and passing the ball and the two man games. And they're just, it's, it's incredible to see. Um, but I think that to answer your question, the, the, the guy that would probably be the most fun to watch is like a Tyree Kill. I mean, I can't Woo! Tyree Kill with a with a with a lacrosse stick in his hand and actually having the skill, you know, the the lacrosse, the stick skills, and the knowing how to throw and catch and shoot and do all that stuff. I mean, there would be nobody in the world that can cover him. He's just too fast. Uh, and then some of these D backs in terms of play, with the long pole in their hand. And, and playing defense would just be would be insane. A little well. Jalen Ramsey on. Right, Jalen Ramsey, big, <laughs> strong, obviously fast, quick. Um, you know, and again, if he had the stick skills and knew how to throw checks, uh, throw checks, and you know, and and uh, and do all that stuff, it would be uh, it would be cool. Tyree Kill versus Jalen Ramsey, you know, one on one with lacrosse sticks in their hand would be a would be a fun sight for sure. Oh man, well, th- dude, thank you so much for joining me, Dalton, the homie, two friend, two supporter of the pod, and and uh, everything I'm doing, and right back at you. Where can people find you and and follow on the season this this summer in PLL? Uh, so you could, yeah, obviously follow um, if you want to follow along the the Premier Lacrosse League uh, socials on Twitter, Instagram. Um, and then me personally, I'm uh, D-C-R-O-S-S-A-N 34, D-Crossin 34 on Instagram. And Twitter is uh, D underscore cross 34. So, I love it, man. Dude, last thing I'll say, uh, your ability to create separation is out of control. And I just, I'm, I'm impressed with your athleticism. It's just, uh, it's... It's out of control, man. So continued success on on the lacrosse field, and I'm very happy for you, man. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me. All right. And that about does it for another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Big ups to my homie Dalton Crossan for coming on the pod. If you enjoyed it, make sure to follow him on social media. Check out the Premier Lacrosse League for the rest of the summer. Very, very exciting league full of unique athletes and it's a fun watch on the weekend especially when they're traveling as a league 
I hope you bought in on the Bucks over the Hawks. I'm sorry. It's Suns over Bucks, my friends. Please believe it. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe, rate, review. All things are appreciated. You have yourself a wonderful weekend. And of course, don't forget to hug your mothers. I'm out.